Says Who is brought to you by you. That's right, you. Through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who, where every single Sunday, if you are a $5 a month supporter, which is, I mean, let's face it, not a lot of money. True. You get an entire another episode of Says Who uh, that is also from me and Maureen. We record it for you and we put you. it on Patreon every Sunday. Patreon.com slash says who. Who? Look at me. I'm Maureen and I want to tell you about books. Look, I, I tell you every goddamn week about you know about books. You're smart people. But do you want my books? I don't know. I'm not you. <sighs> okay, but let's just say you did. Right now, you can buy the Truly Devious box set, which I will say again, is a very pleasing shape. And could be a good little gift for the holidays or a gift for yourself because we can't go anywhere. And yours truly is finishing up a book Dan, I will have three books out next year. Three. You are a fucking machine. Look at that. I'm not. God Dan, damn it. Amazing. I, I'm 100% not, but I'm finishing The Box in the Woods. And as was announced uh, this week, uh, also next year, I am doing a Disney novel called Hello, Cruel Heart, which is a tie-in with the movie Cruella. God damn and it. And there is another book coming out the end of the year, which is a like a smaller kind of very gift book with amazing illustrations, which is a kind of how not to get murdered in an English village guide, um, which has these amazing illustrations by my friend Jay. Uh, but the only reason I can do these things is when you get my books. And um, so, you know, you can if you get every time you get one of my books, you um, you keep this little thing going. So I am directly indebted to you books. Thank you. It's Man. your fault. Yeah. I don't even know how to follow that up. Look at all those things. But we have things for you at merch.saysupodcast.com. All of you have bought the Thicky Checks hooded sweatshirt. And you know what? Why not what? buy a second? You can get those at merch.saysupodcast.com. Maybe you need a mug. Somebody just bought all five mugs that we have really? for sale. They have a lot of mugs now, and you could have a lot of mugs now. If you go They're to com. we have shirts, we have mugs, we even have a fanny pack. Merch.saysupodcast.com. Uh, we should get, you know what, Dan? Merch idea. Mm. A mug without a mug without a bottom that just says 2020 <laughs> on the side. <laughs> I am funny. I think you that are. is it's a thing. Oh, you have a way with words. Hilarious. It's like Spencer's gifts in my head. <laughs> All right. Hey, what's our intro? Is this our intro? No. <laughs> I mean, right now, is this our intro? This? I don't yeah, think this. this is our intro. I don't know. It might. This? It could be. This doesn't seem like an intro. Dan, it's the end of 2020. This is what intros are like now. Just this? Yeah, just this. This is what you get, fuckers. Welcome to Says Who, the podcast that isn't a podcast. It's a coping strategy. I'm... And I am Dan Sinker. You're doing good, huh? Seems like you're doing good. Uh, isn't this the podcast in which I recreate the theme song of 70s television shows? I mean, it can be. Anything goes now. You there know, are no one, rules. There is a... So there was a show in the 70s called Sanford and Son mm -hmm. that had a theme song that was like, why not, why not? I I got I was you really annoyed at it, it was it's really cool funky little song lasts for like 30 seconds 
And I really couldn't stand my RA in college because she was always narking on us for having music playing after 11. So I got a mm, copy ruffians. of, I know. So I got a copy of the uh, San Francisco theme song. And my roommate and I, because I know she listens to this, we started, I would wait until like 10, 59 and 30 seconds. And then I would hit play and blast that theme. <laughs> And it would stop at 11. But I played it really fucking loud. <laughs> and I don't know why I thought that was the funniest thing in the world. It was just obnoxious, Dad. But I thought it was really funny. <clears throat> I'm poor. Can you hear that? Nope. But hold on. I'll get closer. Oh, phew. Listen to this. That was definitely what I wanted when I said oh, now nope. You, now you can't hear that. Oh. Did I just talk over it? Now you got to oh, just I'm dump it on the ground. I made something really gross. So Mm, I, when we, that one time we went away in the summer, I bought a canned latte (laughs) back in July and it's been sitting in the back of the fridge. And today I was (laughs) like, it's your day canned latte. So I pulled it out and I've been drinking it. It's not too bad, Um, but it was just a little bit left in my glass. And I was like, what if I just poured all this orange seltzer water on top of it? And that's what you just heard me doing. I'm going to try it. You poured orange flavored seltzer water on coffee? On well, it's like canned latte. On a canned milky coffee. Do you know who turned me on to doing stuff like this? Was Helen Rosner, our food expert. Yeah. Helen Rosner, who really advocates pouring a little tonic water in coffee. Now I tried okay. that and I thought it was awful. But <laughs> good. So, but you're no- just you're chasing the dragon of throwing various bubbly things into coffee ever since. It's not it's not incompatible. I tried Sprite and espresso, it just didn't work. Dan, coffee is a lot like chocolate in its flavor, and orange and chocolate and go they, these things go together. Yeah, I, I guess. It's not bad. Man, I feel like today Maureen Johnson is coming in hot. <laughs> you're coming in hot today. Dan, how are you? you? You might be talking to someone who is finishing three books at the same time and is writing like thousands and thousands of words a day. Well, good. You're doing it. You're making it happen. It was also confusing. I couldn't talk about the Cruella book for a long time because it, everything's like embargoed until everything's cleared with the studio. Um, but all these movies, like all these release dates of movies are screwed up. And right. Disney furloughed a bunch of people over the summer. And it turns out that uh, Cruella is one of the, I think, one of the few films that's going to be out on time. Or something remote. I don't know if it, what even on what time means. I don't know. Or is it like a I, Disney Plus release now or something? I don't, I don't know. Like, it's a pretty big movie. So I think it would just still be what, however they're doing the big movies next year. If they theaters aren't open. I don't know. Do you think Who theaters going to be open next year? You know, I the other night, because I don't I don't I don't sleep so much anymore as I Mm. do drift in and out of terrible thoughts. And Mm -hmm. um, the other night I was laying in bed and I thought to myself. There is an entire finished Fast and the Furious (laughs) movie just sitting on a hard drive somewhere in Hollywood. Because we have fucked up the pandemic so badly that it can't even be released. Like, those movies are an entire small nation's economy each time they come out. And somebody was like, nope, we're just going to have to sit on this one. I thought that about Wonder Woman. Right. That one's supposed to have been out, too. Yeah. That was supposed to come out, yeah. this, this, I guess, this summer. Yeah. I mean, I got to see things from a movie. I got to see the Cruella script and, um, like, walk walk through. They, they have all these assets you get to look at, like walkthroughs of the set, how they mm-hmm. built the set and pictures. Mm-hmm. It, it's really cool looking. And it was sort of like getting to see a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. It's like I, you made some popcorn, you opened up the file, 
that's sort of how we treat the Mandalorian now. We turn off all the lights. It's the one oh. kind of we we actually sit down and watch it with the lights off, like under under the I, I drag the big heavy weighted blanket into the living room and we all sit under the blanket, including the dog, and we all cuddle and we watch the Mandalorian. It's so good. It's a nice little treat every week. Last night I was watching my new favorite autumn watch, which is the mm-hmm. BBC's beautiful nature show that usually is only on one week every season, but they've extended it to two this time because a England Britain went back into lockdown. And I think there was a bunch of stuff they couldn't make potentially. And B it, people were finding it so calming that they just continued it for another week. Um, because it's able, you're, they're able to make it because the four presenters are in four different parts of the country. And then they can just use a bunch of filmed segments in between them. But it involves things like the guy in Wales having to put on rubber gloves and then holding up a plate that has four different types of poop that he's found on it. Mm. And literally holding it up and going, explaining like what it means when an otter poops. And at first you're like, this man is literally just holding up otter poop on a plate. Then you're like, Oh, it's actually full of coded messages and things. It's actually. And then I just turned to Oscar and was like, we are literally watching a man holding otter poop in the rain. Or they have an exciting segment they call, how high will this fox jump to get these peanuts? (laughs) (laughs) Or or how many millimeters can we raise or lower this little piece of wood to see how what 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 a mouse can fit (laughs) through? It's so much better than I'm making out. Oh, it's so good. So what you're saying is that in the two weeks since Election Day, two weeks to today, when we are sitting Uh, here recording, you're doing good. You're holding up well. It's when you watch Autumn Watch, it's like you have an outside. They teach you to appreciate everything, Dan. You know how like you have birds in your yard? They teach you to appreciate I sure do. I just got a uh I just got a warmer for our bird bath. Our bird bath, which is just a plastic tray sitting on an upside down flower pot. But it has been freezing every morning. And so now we have unfrozen water for the birds. Okay. Here's something on Autumn Watch you'd like. They did a segment with this 15-year-old kid who has created a digital map of wildlife in London and goes through and shows you all of the different places like the Docklands Park or this little disused railway station or this patch of land and all of the different wildlife that's in that area so that you can kind of go around and see the birds that go there or, you know, where the foxes are or dormouse or uh, it's really cool. It's cool, Dan. Do they, does he, does he have a theme song that's all like wildlife on the streets of London? Ooh, yeah. Wildlife on the streets of Birmingham. Yeah. Come on, do it some more. That's all I got. I couldn't think of anything else. That was all I had. Hang the feeder, hang the feeder, hang the feeder. (laughs) Come on. It was right there. It was right there. My brain doesn't work so good. I've been waking up at 5 a.m. every day, Maureen Johnson, and getting up and doing work. And so by midday, I have not a lot of brain left. Everything slows down a lot. Uh, I have been I'm getting up before everyone, including the five year old. And so it is very touch and go in our tiny house, which not only is our house incredibly tiny, but I have never been in a building with creakier floors than our house. I don't know what the issue is, but there is nowhere you can step that is not like you are suddenly stepping foot in a murder house. Um, (laughs) And so I have to creep. I literally like I jump the the best the the quietest possible parts of the floor are directly where the floor meets the wall or uh door frames. And so I have to sort of delicately leap from door frame to door frame and wall edge to wall edge to try to make it so I'm not waking up the 5-year-old and then I need something to actually allow my brain to function. And so I have started drinking tea because all I have to do is turn the hot water and then there's no grinding, there's no, you know, it's it's a it's a relatively quiet process in terms of 
a caffeinated beverage. And, uh, but I could only do one cup. And then for my birthday, which was just this weekend, I got a teapot from Janice. And so now I'm able to make an entire pot of tea, which I have to make in the dark. And so there's a lot of pouring and I know that it's full when I start scalding my hand because it's pouring over the top of it. Have you considered a can of coffee? (laughs) That just seems like that would add up. I can buy like a box of tea for four bucks. Oh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not saying it's cheap, but I am saying I've had it since the road trip in July. But what I do do with my tea is once I made the pot of tea, I pour some orange seltzer on it. Uh Uh-huh. It's probably good, Dan. It's it's refreshing. Dan, you know what? That would actually work Hmm. because I make herbal and iced tea concoctions all the time. And you can straight up pour seltzer in that and make like a sparkling iced tea. So you can just shut your dumb face because that's actually delicious. Okay. Maureen, we're and, 20 minutes into this episode. And most black teas have an underlying orange aftertaste anyway. That's I think true. they call it orange pico. I don't know. I don't know anything about tea. I bought English breakfast tea. You know where I buy good. my tea? Hmm. You, know where I, you know where I buy my tea? I bet you buy your tea from somewhere very fancy. I buy my tea from a local business. So you know that <laughs> that um that Led Zeppelin album Physical Graffiti? Uh-huh. It has like with the building. Picture. Yeah. Yeah. Well that bu- that building's in my neighborhood in the East Village. And a woman opened up a tea shop. This this little tiny hippie looking tea shop in the bottom called Physical Graffiti. Nah, of course. I was like, what's the pun mm-hmm. gonna be? Mm-hmm. There it was. Yeah. And it's just like it's it's in the basement area. It's really small. It's those businesses all along there are just like super tiny and hippie and um she's really obsessive about tea so when you, she sells you the tea she's like this is how many degrees and this is how many minutes and then she like writes it all down for you um but you know i just go there and every once in a while and buy a bag of tea usually i just use tea bags but also like we try to like buy some stuff around the neighborhood well there you go you know you go there you go there, there you go Physical graffiti. And I'm all that's like been references. Tea watch tea talk. With Maureen and Dan. That's because there's nothing else going on, Dan. Well, here's the thing, Maureen Johnson. You shut your big dumb face. Okay, go on. It's been two weeks since election day. It's been two weeks. God damn it. You know what? As <laughs> as those words were coming out of my mouth. I was like, Maureen is going to go into that bare naked ladies song. It was, I, they were just coming and I knew I needed to stop them from coming out, but that was too late at that point. Go on. It's been two weeks. There you go. Since election day. Here's the thing. I as since we did that episode where you sung that song, mm-hmm. one, I've barely been able to get that song out of my head. But two, I I have a giant glaring hole in my understanding of popular culture, which is the mid 90s till the mid 2000s when I ran a punk magazine and really didn't pay attention to any culture that was not like made by kids at their kitchen table. And so I missed all of that. And I don't have a good sense of what any of those like bare naked ladies or uh, the B band or the like Sugar Ray, like all of those feel like the same band to me. And uh, so I ended up having to look them up when we did that episode. And I was. I don't know if I have ever seen a more just bland collection of herbs than that fucking band. (laughs) They are just the most absolute boringest group of humans I have ever seen assembled in one spot together. They are just some very nice men from Canada. They look like a line, like they look like they were plucked from a line at Subway. (laughs) (laughs) They're very nice Canadians. 
What do you got to guess? Why? Why are you beefing with the bare naked ladies? They never did shit to you. <laughs> well, except make me have that song in my head for two weeks now Look, in 2020. Yell- oh, please. They are not. You think those guys are fucking with COVID? Those guys are staying inside. They're nice Canadians. You know, fucking around is the other earworm band, which is Smash Mouth, who basically also a band that I don't know what they sound like or look like. Okay, let me explain the difference, Dan. The bare naked ladies are nice Canadian men who are not fucking around during COVID. And the assholes are Smash Mouth, which basically have caused the giant explosion of cases in the Dakotas. And they were the ones that sang, somebody once told me the world was going to roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shit. That one? The other? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's them. Yeah, okay. Oh, the and one they're... from, uh, that's from Shrek. Mm, it's, in, it's in a lot of movies. Yeah. Is that, um, hey, now you're an all-star or put your pants on. That one? Yeah. That's, that one's from Shrek. That's Smash Mouth. And they're okay. the ones from Sturgis. Okay. All right. See, look, so if, I'm learning. We could do gonna, an entire podcast that is just Dan discovers the 90s. Dan, like if a you're decade gonna, that saying. I fully lived through, yeah. but also did not. Well, do you, were you aware of a band called Nirvana? Yes. I was aware of a band called Nirvana. Where was Thank your position you. on that, Mr. Puck Planet? Uh, I was unhappy that they signed to a major label, vocally unhappy that they signed to a major label, but they were also a very, very good band. They also seemed kind of unhappy to be signing to a major label, to be fair. Yes. Yeah. They, well, I mean, clearly. <laughs> the, the, the history proved that one out. I'm just saying Anyway, that, on another gonna, light note. If you're going to beef with any 90s band, Literally beef with Smash Mouth, who literally caused a COVID outbreak. Speaking of the Dakotas and a COVID outbreak, I uh, just saw right before we, right before we started recording, a reporter set, tweeted out, North Dakota hits COVID milestone. One out of every thousand residents are dead. Literally, Smash Mouth. Literally. <laughs> Had a concert. Made fun well, of COVID I mean, from the stage. They literally have a song where they say they're not the sharpest tool in the shed. And they are not, they're not kidding about that. No. They're a bunch no. of dickheads. Write what you know. Write what you know. Maureen Johnson. We're two weeks. Since election day. I can't even say it. Yeah, you're still trying to say this one sentence, aren't you? I know. You just want to get to the start of our notes. This is the Mm. we are a half an hour into this episode. I yeah, I just so far we have discussed that you have put seltzer water, flavored seltzer water in a Mm -hmm. coffee. We have discussed the thing that depth a lot about tea. Mm Mm-hmm. We, I don't even know where this has gone. It's been a half an hour. It's been two it's weeks been, since election day, Maureen Johnson. <laughs> you know what? I'll read it. It's been two weeks since election day. Now, Biden's lead is only increasing. He's on the cusp of 80 million voters nationally. Every state he was leading in when the race was called a week and a half ago. He's continued to accumulate votes. He's the goddamn president-elect. He's naming senior staff, including Ron Klain. <laughs> That's not a name, Ron Klain. It is. I had nope. to look it up, and then I had to uh, occasionally because I don't. I don't watch the news on the television, or uh, I very rarely now that I'm never in a car listen to it on the radio. And so sometimes I don't know how to pronounce people's names, as I'm sure that people have learned over the long time we've been doing this. But uh, I looked it up because I was like, that doesn't sound right. And then I was like, how would you even pronounce that? And uh, there is a whole wild ride worth of worlds of uh, YouTube videos of just people pronouncing names. But yeah, it's Ron Klain. No, it's not. Anyway, it is stomach, really a up. name. Well, Ron Klain. Biden has appointed him to a senior as a chief of staff. And um, 
Jen O'Malley-Dillon, the campaign head, is going to become deputy chief of staff. And the transition team is meeting with former heads of departments to get a sense of the lay of the land. And why is that, Dan? Well, Maureen, look at this. We're just working on and off notes now. This is exciting. Put a lot well, of work I was, into these. I was just trying to be professional because someone wouldn't finish a sentence. Okay. Well, uh, Maureen Johnson, they are meeting with uh, former heads of departments because Trump still has not conceded the election and the General Services Administration has not released funds for the transition. And as a result, federal agencies won't, can't, legally can't meet with the transition team. So that seems great. I mean, like none of it's all not unexpected. It's not like who could have seen this coming. Yeah. But remember, I mean, Dan, I think um, I want to hmm. I want to ask a, a serious question here because um, see you tomorrow, which was our extra podcast until the election was called. What was interesting is that we stopped that when the media called the election. When it was clear that yeah. there was a winner. But I, I always I kind of wondered if we didn't mean to keep that going until the um, the actual kind of full transition had started. You know what I mean? Like there was a more official. Yeah. Call. All the results were certified. I yeah, mean, I, what I, is the... I fear where this is going. Look, Dad. I'm just saying. I I fear where this where this train of thought is going to pull in. What station that is about to pull into right now? It's not Dan because yours truly is still finishing three books. Um, but Dan, I'm just saying. When are we actually yeah, I mean, going to have a the actual kind of? It's only really stops on January twenty twentieth or twenty first. Twentieth at noon. That's when this stops. Yeah. And well, I mean, and that I, I, yeah, let's be real. That's when this changes form. But I would put at easily even odds that Donald Trump will hold a rally on January 20th. And they will declare it, you know, sort of the the inauguration of the real president of the United States. That's still my whole theory is that he is going to, he is going to work a gimmick for the next four years that he's the real uh, president. 100% he's not going to the inauguration. Oh, no, no. But how do you even plan, like literally logistically, how do you coordinate and plan the inauguration if you can't literally get access to the stuff you need like buildings and areas and like how do they do it i mean i think that covid will help them out in that way because already the inauguration was going to look and feel very different than it is but it's it is a real problem i mean you have the trump sorry the biden people uh, sort of assumed that they might have to do an end run around things. And so they have brought in a lot of former officials to talk to the transition people about kind of how things are running or where the deficiencies in apartment in departments are or, you know, that sort of thing. So they're able to sort of get a lay of the land. They announced yesterday that I believe today um, the Biden and Harris were going to get a intelligence briefing, which is another thing they have not been given access to, though then it turned out that they were being given an intelligence briefing by former intelligence officials, not by the actual United States intelligence apparatus. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it. I would not be entirely surprised if they give no access and on January 20th at noon, it's sort of a supermarket sweep through every department trying to get things up and running as quickly as possible um, because they have not been allowed to do so before that. I I firmly believe that these folks are just going to ghost uh, and and that will be that. 
Like, what if some of them literally go all Bartleby the Scrivener and don't leave, like, will they not leave the White House? Will they have to be chased out by the Secret Service? I think Trump will leave. I think I said this. I think Trump will leave around Christmas. I think he'll go to Mar-a-Lago and not come back. But do you think, like, others will kind of dick around with actual Eh, transition stuff? I think that. I think there will be a handful of people that might leave folders on desks and things like that, you know, but I, unless there is, I, and I, th- I guess this is sort of a worst case read, right? Like there are articles now, like people like Marco Rubio are now saying like, okay, yeah, Biden's going to be the president on the 20th. And like there is, it perhaps Marco there is a that? little, Marco did, yeah. Uh, let me pull up here. I'll pull up. I'll, I'll pull up. You're like, when? God damn it. Um, yeah, I just want to know because, up. because that fucking guy. It's in Politico. Uh, headline, Republicans start to relent. Quote, it looks like it will be President Biden. Uh, so Marco Rubio said, where is this? Uh, Marco Rubio Uh, referred to Biden as the president-elect unprompted, saying, quote, that's what the results, the preliminary results seem to indicate, and we certainly have to anticipate that that's the highest likelihood at this point. So, good job, Rubio. Uh, But Rubio is among a small minority of Republicans who believe that the General Services Administration should formally certify Biden as the winner, which would grant him access to presidential level intelligence briefings and additional funding for the transition team. Rubio said it's, quote, for the good of our country. And I guess uh, John Corwin from Texas has said similarly, he has every confidence on January 20th, we're going to inaugurate a president and it will probably be Joe Biden. That's what. That's a sentence that gets uh, thought of as having courage now. Marco Rubio exhausts me in a way that very few people do. Oh, yeah. Just, he's just he's just like that one person who just every time just manages to be the most annoying person in the room. <laughs> yeah, sounds right. The only thing I will ever give him credit for, I will give him credit for one thing. And I can't even believe I have to do this. But when the Parkland kids had that had that big town hall, he did actually show up. I mean, look, I'm not saying it's a lot. We're giving a lot of credit with that, with, you know, these sort of milquetoast semi acknowledgments that reality is a thing that exists. Um yeah, we, we a lot of participation trophies get handed out for shitbags that don't deserve oh, them. I, but just trust me, and that only I makes know me, it makes me more angry, Dad. Yeah, but it's, the reality is they are they are becoming in a into a corner where they sort of have to acknowledge it because over the last week, the Trump campaign and other conservative groups have lost decisions and dropped cases and basically accumulated no wins in attempting to invalidate votes in the many states that they would need to flip in order to have Donald Trump become the president. At this point, there's really the only case moving forward in Pennsylvania has the potential of changing 10,000 votes. Uh, but Biden leads by over 73,000. So have fun I mean, with that. I spoke to someone today who I know who is a lawyer and used to clerk for someone on the Supreme Court. This person really knows what they're talking about. And I was like, can you just tell me? Because it seems like as a non-lawyer, it's really bad that all these law firms are dropping out. Like Trump keeps hiring these people and they keep leaving. And I, I'm like, I don't understand why they took him on as a client and then just immediately dropped him. And he's like, I think what happened was they took him on thinking there's just no way that, that he would want us to do something insane and illegal that would get us disbarred. And then they look at, you know, they file the motions and then they look at what actually is, they're like, they must actually have proof of something. And then they look at what the proof that's been presented and they're like, Oh my God. And then they drop him like over and over. So she's like, so what it means is, they're being asked to do something that that would get them disbarred or, you know, they just that they can't do. Yeah. And that they yeah, found yesterday, out. Yesterday, 
yesterday, the various law firms that were representing Trump in Pennsylvania all dropped out uh, and a single lawyer joined the case. A guy named Mark Scaranigi, who is uh, hosts a conservative radio show and is also a conservative columnist. And according to his brief where he asked to join, he only practices business law. Mm-hmm. He asked the judge for an extension so that he could actually get up to speed on the case. And the judge declined it. Go to law and uh, Rudy has now joined that case as well. The funny thing was people pulled up uh, Mark Scarangini's radio show from only 10 days ago where he said, quote, there really are no bombshells that are about to drop that will derail a Biden presidency, including these lawsuits. I mean, but. Now the president's lawyer is Rudy. And what just, uh, I just, on Twitter, something just floated, blitched by this little uh, new story that um, law, that Rudy is charging $20,000 a day. Yep. He's got so, that. Worked out. So Rudy's going to try to milk Trump. I, they're just, this is the part where they eat each other. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. Yes, Rudy. Rudy wants to be paid twenty thousand. Here, I'm just going to pull it up from the New York Times. Uh, twenty thousand dollars a day for his representation of Trump to overturn the election results, raising concern among Trump allies that Giuliani is encouraging Trump on spurious legal fights so he can make money off of him. And and Giuliani is the only one. There was a story about uh, apparently a very angry conversation that went on with the lawyers and Trump and Giuliani started screaming at the, uh, these lawyers who were dropping out saying they were lying to the president. And then they started calling Rudy a fucking asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Earlier this week, Rudy became the head of the campaign legal response. He's joined by uh, the husband and wife team of Victoria Tonsling and Joe DiGenova, who are both Fox News regulars and lawyers and were also deeply involved with Rudy in all the various Ukrainian skullduggery last year. So um, it seems like basically the legal strategy has fallen apart and they've replaced it with a media strategy, right? Like their whole point now is just to kick up dust. You know, they will point to, uh, you know, point to findings of malfeasance in ballots and then you will actually look into what they're talking about and they are talking about two spoiled ballots or something you know like these are the numbers that they are dickering over are tiny and will not upend a single thing um plus they are turning up other things like philadelphia just reported eight thousand more ballots and biden won 85 percent of them right so they are also helping in expanding um expanding Biden's lead. Uh, Wisconsin, uh, which because the differential between Biden and Trump was not within their threshold to trigger a recount, the only way you can get a recount is if you agree to pay for the entire cost of the recount, which if you remember back in 2016, Jill Stein ran a pretty good grift Mm -hmm. to raise uh, money for the recount and and did pay for the recount. That, I believe, turned up 200 votes in the entire state recount. Anyway, Wisconsin just told the Trump campaign that the cost of a recount this year due to the fact that they have to keep things socially distant, which means they will have to have more people and more spaces, the cost is going to be $7.9 million. And in order for them to start counting votes, it has to be paid in advance. I believe they have till the end of the day Wednesday. That would be the day you are listening to this episode to pay up, which I would be fairly surprised if they do. Uh, Meanwhile, Georgia is conducting a full hand recount uh, and doing it in pretty record time. They did. And and this, again, made it to the president's Twitter feed. They found twenty six hundred ballots that had not been registered correctly. Um. And they have, you know, shown that as like, see, look at how this has been stolen. Uh, it turned out the net total votes for Trump in all of those ballots that that were he was up by 800 votes in those ballots. And Biden leads Georgia still by 14,000 votes. 
Um, it is Georgia is interesting also because they are absolutely beginning to eat each other now where Republicans are accusing the Republican secretary of state in Georgia of working for Democrats in this recount. Uh, both of the Republican senators who are up for uh, in a runoff in January asked for him to step down. Lindsey Graham met with him yesterday. Uh, and the this Republican secretary of state then announced that Lindsey Graham had asked him to throw out Biden ballots. Lindsey Graham said he didn't and then claimed that he was joking. And then he also claimed that he's been talking with secretaries of state in Michigan and Arizona as well. But then the Arizona secretary of state tweeted out plainly, quote, this is false and that she had not spoken with him. So. Things are going good. Things are going good. And this is the thing, Maureen Johnson. I don't get it because it's a done deal, right? It is a, hmm. It's been a done deal. It's a done deal. They are only clowning at this point, And yet, man, it still feels shitty. Yeah, I mean. Fuck, man. Oh, I just inhaled some of my hair. I was trying to talk and then I inhaled and my hair just <laughs> sucked into my mouth. Um, don't you laugh? Is it not funny? <laughs> I, I, it just felt like a very appropriate response. It felt like laughing, you were probably, what is she doing? Just inhaling. The, when you have long hair, it can go all the way to the back. Luckily, you can just yank it back out again because you've got the rest of the hair. But, um, what day is it? It's the 15th, the 17th. God damn it. It's, it's the 17th. 17th of, that's no good. <laughs> that's, that was like a real, oh no moment. Oh, oh no. Oh no. It's the oh, not the 15th. Oh no. This is, I don't, I really need the, the time to go a little slower. Just, oh no. Oh no. Slower or faster, but not the rate it's going. <laughs> I don't know what I was about to say, Dan, except that I feel like after the après le deluge, you know, like the kind of after the <laughs> after the after the Fancy. legal dickering, oh, some kind of uh, I don't like what comes after that. What you know what, what I mean? do you think is coming after that? I think badder shenanigans. Yeah. That's, you know. <laughs> batter shenanigans. Define batter shenanigans. I mean, like inciting people to violence. Oh, yeah. That. Yeah. I, I, I firmly believe that that will happen. And I also am unconvinced that they actually have all that many people to incite. You know, their right. I mean, they had the million parade that they had in D.C. this weekend ended up being a few thousand people. Yeah, so. and they're the and they're they're the worst possible people. Right, like that's the those are the lifers. Mm. Yeah. I I define kind of this the the post legal shenanigan period as being just they are going to just outright loot. And, you know, just do everything that they have wanted to do and do as much as they can to sort of handcuff the Biden administration on the way in. That, I think, is going to be, I, I think, outside of of incitements to violence, which are, of course, even if they are small, are, are a nightmare. Um, I think that the damage is going to be in just sort of what are appointments that we can make that they can't undo? What are things, you know, there's just going to be sort of a, 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 a very fast and very large scale series of decisions that they really can't undo. Only one thing is in our favor, Dan. That mm -hmm. thing is that Trump is lazy and depressed. There's that. Like there he... is that. He is going to get bored of it at some point and probably yeah. sometime soon. Yeah, I think very, very soon he will get bored. He will get on the plane. He will go to Mar-a-Lago. And that's that. Yeah. I yeah, I think that there is 
there is a hundred percent chance of that happening during the during the holiday window. I mean, could be as soon as is Thanksgiving next week or is Thanksgiving yes. the week after next? Jesus, I believe Christ. it's next week. Yeah, yeah, it is. Great. I just looked at a I just looked at a calendar. So I mean, yeah. it could be as soon as that, right? They yeah. will go to Mar-a-Lago for Thanksgiving, and they could well not come back. It will certainly be at the at the be... Christmas time window. It'll be a big Thanksgiving, Dan, because we're approaching the holidays. And apparently in one poll, 38% of people said they were going to go and have a big old Thanksgiving gathering. Jesus Christ. So, yeah, that's a good point. Thanksgiving at Mar-a-Lago will be the White House's fourth super spreader event. If you think about that, there's no way that won't be a... Another super spreader event. But people, let's have a moment here. Don't go to yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah, please don't Not go. just at Mar-a-Lago, but anywhere. Just stay home this year. It's okay. Yeah. Whoever it's, um... is pressuring you to Thanksgiving, just tell them, you know what? I got you next year. Yeah. Yeah, we've... Um... I will... So our... We... Our... A lot of times we don't really do much for Thanksgiving. Um, Oscar's English that was never really an issue. I kind of don't like Thanksgiving. <laughs> I don't yeah. eat turkey. Like, I just find it a very annoying holiday. I'm like, just get to the point where I can put up a tree. So I just kind of wait. And at my line is at like 6 p.m. Thanksgiving night. After that point, I get to jingle, jingle, jingle and put up all the shiny lights I want like that. That's I just sit there and look at my watch and go, come on, motherfuckers. It's almost my time. Um, I think our hope is for Christmas. Um, because there's just two of us and there are my parents, and we both don't go anywhere. We're both utterly isolated, you know, we we don't go out. So we're hoping that we can be a foursome in the house at Christmas time. Yeah. And we've do it out of the house and then you're really good. Just get a heater. Uh, no, I mean like go and stay with them yeah. and not go out of the house like for a week. Yep. Um, cause they literally don't go anywhere. I do all of their shopping groceries. Everything comes to the front porch. We do the same. <laughs> you know, like we literally don't see anybody. Like, you know what I mean? Like, is that, is that safe enough? Uh, I mean, yeah, ish. I am I am generally of the state of mind right now that just nothing is better than something. Say, <laughs> you know, it's we are in we have been living in hell for a long time, but the hell that we are that this entire country is in right now is markedly different than any other one we have been in before. It is, there are the most cases we have ever seen by a lot. If you look at the chart of cases since the beginning now, like the, the hell of New York city in the spring looks like nothing now. Um, Positivity rates in some states are above 50%. Basically most of the Midwest, Iowa, uh, the Dakotas are like 68% positivity coming back on tests right now. It is fucking insane. Hospital systems are starting to get overwhelmed. Some of them already are. There are reports of El Paso, Texas, which you don't even hear about much, but they now have, I believe, 10 refrigerated morgue trucks that are being staffed by prisoners because they do not have the space or the staff to handle it all. We are in absolute full ass nightmare mode it is it is not a good situation by any way shape or form and it is there seems to be nothing to stop us we are careening off a cliff and we are we are going full bore and that is insane because there are now two vaccines with extraordinary high effectiveness rates, like 90%. Put that in perspective. The flu shot is like a 50% effectiveness vaccine. They are both going to be moving into production. There are other ones that are going to be following slightly after. The the end is in sight. 
Yeah. Right. Like the end is in fucking sight. Well, it's going to you're going to start seeing actual distribution in the spring. But we got to fucking get there. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's I, I just feel like we need to be a little careful about that. Um, it's good to feel optimistic about that. They have to still confirm that those things are safe. Yeah. And that really full scale distribution is probably going to be more like third quarter next year. Yeah. Summer and fall. Right. So the the general feeling is distribution may may start in the spring. Everything I have read is by the fall things should be getting better. The that is of course as you point out that the we move from the large scale trials that they have to understanding uh, a lot of other things like how effective is this over time which we still don't know. But uh, it is the most hopeful thing. I will temper what I just said. Absolutely. It is the most hopeful thing we have seen in a long time. And we are just going to fuck ass all the way down this cliff before we get there. You know, I live in New York City, as I point out many times, and we saw the work like we saw it. We saw this place burn down. Yeah. I don't want anybody to have to see what we saw here. You know, it's, I don't want anyone to have to see this. Like, it was no. bad. It was yeah. real fucking bad. And um, I don't know what other to, to say than that. Like, some of the morgue tents are still up. Yeah. They're not used for this. Like, they, some of them didn't come down. You know, we had the trucks, we had the tents. Um, Saw a lot of people coming out of buildings on stretchers. Saw it a lot saw it a lot. Just me. Just me saw it. I'm just saying we all saw it, but I can tell you yours truly with her own eyes saw this stuff yeah. happening every day. And um, but we implemented we all fucking wear our masks. We stay apart. Like we drove those numbers down. Yeah. And the only thing that concerns me now sometimes is, so what the city has done is given over a lot of street and sidewalk space to restaurants. And they have built all over the city these like, they're sort of like porches. They're almost all made out of wood now. Like you see construction constantly of these things when you walk up and down oh, the sidewalk. Wow. There's always, they're all being built all the time. So they have, imagine this like a kind of deck situation where it's like a little, it's just basically like a roof with some board, like some planks that go down and then maybe like a little half wall around it. So yeah, yeah, so yeah. sort of, sort of looks like a porch, but in some cases, so some of those are just like that, that are just enough to kind of keep the rain off of you if it rains. But some of them are like have plastic sort of all the way around them. Yeah. So they're basically indoors. Yeah. That I see that a lot around here right now and it's like you have just made shitty inside right they're basic the best solution i see generally are the pop-up tents so those things that sort of look like pop-up laundry baskets mm -hmm. but they're mm -hmm. but they're tents and so they're and they're clear and they have like a giant flap so that yeah. like so you can basically sit and eat in an individual little pod Right. And you can leave that flat open or shut, but it it means that you're kind of completely separate from everyone because you're in a little plastic pod. But you're um but there's also plenty of airflow. Yeah. That's about the best solution. We personally have not done any of this. We have not so much yeah, as sat good. down on a bench to drink a cup of coffee. I know maybe that's maybe one time Oscar sat on a bench like in a park. <laughs> drink his cup of coffee um we don't do any of it um we just never felt that it was um we just we just uh, we err on the side of like extreme caution the only place that yeah. we really go is the dog park which is an entirely outside place and it's just yeah. like being outside it's just outside it's the same yeah. as being outside so um but we don't go anywhere we don't go anywhere. Yeah. No. We just don't go anywhere. I mean, and I would just say, says Whovians, if you are listening, erring on the side of extreme caution right now is a 
is a very good idea. We know from um, from Janice at the Facebook group that, you know, a bunch of you have gotten it and yeah. are helping each other through it. And thankfully, mm-hmm. uh, have been emerging from the other side of it. And that is that is absolutely wonderful. This thing is real. This thing is a thing that you don't want to fuck with, if at all possible. And if you have the ability, just restrict your movement to the bare minimums right now. And I will say that my friend, the nurse who listens to this, I will not give her name or her location. She works at a very, very prominent hospital. That's all I will say about this, is that um, the cases have doubled there in the last four weeks, is what she told me. Yeah. So, you know, she's got to deal with that. Yeah. Um, All the nurses, all the doctors, all the staff, they are already running on fumes and there's not enough of them. Like, don't put them in harm's way. Like, why are we telling you guys? You guys already know this. Like, why are we telling them, Dan? They already know You know what? They know it, but also I think it's okay to say it again. I think Mm -hmm. it is okay to hear it again. We hear from a lot of folks that say... You know, there were there were points in this pandemic where I felt like you two were the only ones that were, you know, at the level of of concern mm-hmm. that I was. And thank you for it. And I know, especially right now, when there is an incredible amount of familial pressure to do holidays and and all of that, it's, you know, it's just your pals, Maureen and Dan saying, hey, you know what? Do it by yourself this year. Like. You can cook a turkey leg. That's enough for a couple of people. That's what I'm doing. I'm doing one Disney style. Well, you know, mm. when I when I said this thing about my family at Christmas, it's not so much the holiday part. It's just I've been trying to develop a plan for months to be able to really see my family once this year. Yeah. That's the whole goal is like my father's been sick, just something totally separate. You know, like he's in kind of a, pre, you know, like I want to be able to see them. And so I have literally been planning for months. And if we're two units of two people that don't go anywhere. Also, I'm like, I'm going to get those mail order tests in advance. I'm like, even if we don't fucking go anywhere, I'm going to test. We don't, we fucking stay inside. I'm getting the car, which I will scrub. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. Like we're we're people that don't go anywhere. So, and they don't go anywhere because I do all of their shopping and everything just gets dropped on the front porch. They literally yeah. haven't been anywhere except the time my father was hospitalized for a completely different thing. And we have now passed 14 or more days since then. Oh, good. good we're actually good, past, good. I think we're past 21 days now. So like that was, that's in the past. Has There's, it really been 21 days? Holy cow. Uh, Yeah, I think so. He was hospitalized. Uh, it was like, the, it was before the election. It was the tail end of October. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That is unbelievable. Time. Time, Maureen Johnson. So, you know, this is not, I'm not talking about a one night, 10 person gathering. I'm talking about a military like planned thing to see family. And we're talking about four people who then stay in a house and don't go anywhere. Right. Right. Like literally nowhere. Yeah. Um, My parents barely like, cross the threshold there was a while in there that my mom was taking like a daily walk down the street <laughs> they really no, haven't it's been just the yard there. uh yeah like they're very they're i mean my mom is the strictest person i know with this stuff that's good um she still doesn't she, like touch any packages for a couple of days she's still wiping down the groceries she's still you know She's got the gloves. She's got the extra, you know, clothes and the wipes and the like. She's still doing everything that was done at the beginning at the same level. Yeah. So there's no fucking around there. No fucking around at the Johnson household. She goes to the drive-through pharmacy to get medications. Yeah. And when she does that, she literally brings like a like a clean kit. So she's got the mask. She's got the gloves. Then she's got like a separate bag that the things that she's handed through the window go into. And then like, there's like a change. Like, I don't know anybody that's stricter than my mother because my mom is the boss nurse. Like she's, she's like, Oh yeah. So 
when I say that this is these are people that are taking it seriously, I mean these are people that are taking it seriously. So Maureen's mom is on it. And all Sesuvians be on it as good as you can. Because, because some we of you want ha- you have been sick. We want to see you at Disney when all this shit is done. We know at least God one of you was it. in was in like critical care with it. Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah. We're thinking about you. We're we're hoping you and are. Are those of you that work in safe. retail? Those of you who have to work in grocery stores? We know how stressed out you are. Yeah, for good reason. Sure and do. like, and the thought of somebody coming into one of your stores without a mask on makes my blood boil so much. And I'm like, oh, when this yeah. is over, when this is over, you tell me where these fuckers are, and I will go to them. <laughs> I will go to them. Like I will be like some sort of weird Batman avenging angel when this is over. And those people will not know who I am or where I came from. They will just see a dark shadow at the end of the driveway. And that will be me avenging you. You fucking just take their picture and I will find them later. They're just found in an alley tied up with masks. Yeah. And people are like, who is it? It says who girl again. (laughs) Costume made entirely of masks. I'll be known as the mask killer. <laughs> Until that happens, Sezu is made possible by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash who where every Sunday, including this Sunday, where you and I have a delightful conversation about 70s young adult fiction. Yeah, about Lois Duncan. Yeah. For $5 a month, you can get access to that this Sunday and every Sunday. Our theme music is performed by Ted Leo, who I believe is performing uh, at on noonchorus.com slash Ted hyphen Leo this weekend, finishing his four week residency uh, of live stream events. So go check that out. Our logo is designed by Darth. You can contact us at says who podcast on Twitter. You can email at hey. H-E-Y at says who podcast.com. You can join the discussion on Facebook at slash groups slash says whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard and y'all are helping each other out and it is wonderful. And thank you for it. Uh, in addition to the Facebook, there is a fan run discord server at tinyurl.com slash says who discord where they do all sorts of fun and good things with each other. And please spread the word, subscribe, and leave stars and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And join us next Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. Oh, we're going to have what? to do some sort of Thanksgiving special. Ugh. Oh, aren't okay. We? All right. November I mean, if, 25th. If we make it sort of like, you know, the Snoop, like the, like the Peanuts. Great pumpkin, kind of, or is that the great pumpkin? That is that was Halloween. Halloween. Did they have there was a peanut Thanksgiving? Oh, yeah, there are a lot of like tertiary. There is, I believe, an Arbor Day peanut special. What Arbor Day peanuts? That's not oh, it's Arbor Day, Charlie Brown. What is the 15th primetime animated television special? The subject of the special is Arbor Day, a secular holiday devoted to planting trees. It's Arbor Day, Charlie Brown premiered on the CBS network on March 16th, 1976. So if there's an Arbor Day special, there is 100% a Thanksgiving peanut special. (sighs) All right. Anyway, uh, you will join us for our Thanksgiving spectacular, November twenty fifth. You will join us. You will join Damn us. It. You, you will. will join us. And uh, you will see us this Sunday. You uh, will see at us. Patreon.com slash says who if you are a five dollar oh. month subscriber. I'm gonna read above. everything in a, in a robot voice. Oh boy. Is that, is that uh, from fun? my basement in Chicago. Come on. I am Dan Sinker. I am Maureen Johnson, and I won't do this robot voice anymore because literally no one likes it. Like people don't like that because it's no, annoying. Nobody, nobody likes robot voices. Should this I has been. This has been. Says. Says. Oh my god! I just.
I just saw a picture of Jack from Twitter on like because the the screen just changed and they have that live testimony going on. Yeah, and his beard is full on cult leader now. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, he's got a he's got a hell of a look. He's cultivated for sure. And I'm I know that you have a beard, but like I do. Somehow his beard is definitely like. You know, he he's that kind of person that makes you play volleyball at two in the morning. You know what I'm saying? I don't actually. And I'm not I really don't want to know what that right, means. There's no <laughs> there's no part thing. of that reference that I want mm-hmm. additional information on. You know, they make you they make you do stuff all night long. I, so you're tired. I OK. That's Keith Raniere from Nexium used to make people play volleyball all night long. So they were exhausted. Literally okay. all like. From dawn, to, from dusk till dawn, they had to play volleyball, night volleyball, midnight volleyball, 4 a.m. volleyball. It was a thing. He's in jail now. They put him in jail for a long time. Says who 